<laughs> Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Kids are not young adults, and nobody knows that better than my next guest, the great Dr. Natasha Trentacosta. Thanks so much for getting up early to be with us. Appreciate it. Anytime. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. So let's let the me. listeners learn why Cedars is so proud of you and where you come from. What did your dad do for a living? And how did you pick orthopedic surgery of all things to go into in life? Take us back to the beginning, Natasha. Sure. I grew up um, similar to yourself back in New York. I actually grew up on Staten Island. Um, and both my parents were actually surgeons. They were both OBGYN. Um, so I sort of grew up around that, that, uh, a surgical specialty. Um, and growing up, I always, I always liked, uh, I always liked biology. I always liked using my hands. Um, so, you know, when I went to college, I went to Brown for undergrad and, uh, tried to distract myself from other stuff, uh, economics and, and art history. But mm-hmm. uh, ended up actually loving the sciences, uh, doing all the pre-med requirements, um, went to med school. And just that summer prior to med school, I did an internship at um, the Hospital of Special Surgery with uh, Dr. Hannafin and Schubenstein and Callahan. And that's actually where my love of orthopedics fell, um, where, I, where I fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it was an amazing experience. And, and not only that, seeing, you know, these strong women in orthopedics. So that was mm-hmm. my first experience with orthopedics, which is not the typical, um, right. of an orthopedic surgeon. You're talking about, you know, 6% female in orthopedic surgery. Wow. Um, you know, I was seeing them every day that summer. Um, and that's what I knew. And, and it happened, you know, they, they, they have a sports you know, sports clinic. So I was seeing sports injuries and I was a former athlete, played softball, um, ran track, did track and field. So um, it was this natural inclination, you know, uh, toward helping athletes get better, um, get back into the game that, that attracted me to ortho. And it's, uh, it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun specialty. So it is a fun specialty and special surgery is where I trained of 84 to 88. I was there. Uh, Joe Hennepin hadn't got, she just got there a little bit after I left, but uh-huh. what a tremendous orthopedic surgeon and mind she is for yeah. women in sports and her whole uh, angle of looking at orthopedics. You need someone like her to kind of smack the guys up on the head to realize, Hey, <laughs> we're different and, yeah. uh, good for you. You learn from the best. That's fantastic. I want yeah, the audience to understand that it is different. You can't, you don't want to be telling a kid that they sprained their ankle or sprained their wrist or their elbow because the weak, the weaker structure in an adult, yeah, it's the ligament, but in a kid who's still growing, weaker than the ligament is the growth plate. Teach us a little bit about what, what you look for when you have a kid with pain and swelling in a joint. And the x-rays are negative. What goes through your mind? Sure. Um, like you've been saying, kids are not small adults, and one of those features is the presence of those growth plates. And um, the growth plates are how those bones get longer. So until they stop growing in their teenage years, that is present there. Um, you know, lots of times, yes, we, we get x-rays and we can see a, a fracture line, whether it's above, below, or going into that growth plate. But sometimes that's just not present. Um but there could still be an injury 
at that area, that area of the growth plate, because it's not calcified, because it, um, it's cartilage. Cartilage cannot be seen on an x-ray. Um, there is a high suspicion that always runs through my mind of um, an injury through a growth plate. If they're tender in that area when we're, pre- you know, if I press on it, mm-hmm. um, if they're swollen in that area. Um, so most, uh, you know, doctors will make the assumption that there is an injury through the growth plate and, and treat it as such because of that. Um, an MRI is usually not necessary, but if an MRI does get done, you will see the injury on an MRI. Mm-hmm. In an adult, mm-hmm. you break your bone, you break your bone. We see what used to be one piece now in two pieces. Yeah. But in kids, uniquely to the growing skeleton, you have something called a green stick fracture. Teach us a little bit about what that means. So, yeah, so a green stick fracture is a common thing that I will see in kids. Um, often most times in the forearms. Uh, and so as opposed to adults who, like you were mentioning, their bones are, are more brittle when we get older. You know, you break the bone, one piece goes in one direction, the other piece goes in the other direction. In kids, their bones could be a little bit more plastic. So they see the same forces that an adult sees, but maybe that, that fracture doesn't exactly break the bone on, on all of those walls, those cortices, where one piece is going in one direction, the other one's going in the other. There's still a, an attachment, but a bend to the bone. And so mm-hmm. that's when the doctors are calling it a green stick fracture. That's what we're talking about. Got it. I bet you you must get asked all the time with the helicopter parents that we have nowadays, how tall will my child be? <laughs> how do you answer that? What do you look for? Do you look at their pelvis? Do you look at the growth at the knee? Teach us about what your mindset is about how to answer that question. How tall will my child be? It's a good question, especially when we start talking about growth plate injuries to parents in the office. I often get that question. Um, and in terms of their final height, a lot of it is genetics. You know, it depends on, you know, how tall mom is and how tall dad is. Um, but, you know, there is there are markers that we can use. One of the traditional ones is getting a wrist x-ray in terms of seeing how much growth a, um, a child still has left. Um, it, you know, there's, there's, a, there's growth plates that we see throughout the wrist and the hand bones that give us a sense of, is this child an early bloomer or a late bloomer? Are they, are, are, does their age, their chronological age of 14, match what their bones look like? We usually say girls stop growing around 14 and boys stop growing around 16. But, you know, mm-hmm. as we know, there, that, that varies um, from person to person. So um, I usually can give parents an idea of, you know, how, much, how many more years of growth a child has. And that's important for me, too, especially when there's an injury around a growth plate, because I can never tell how badly a growth plate is injured on an x-ray. I could just warn that this may be injured and we need to watch it until it stops growing. Mm-hmm. Because an injured growth plate can lead to a closed growth plate or a partially closed growth plate, which can lead to um, abnormalities in that growth of that bone. Either mm-hmm. it gets shorter or it turns at a certain angle because of the injury to that growth plate. And so I particularly use, um, you know, the, uh, that system of uh, checking how much longer a child has to grow in order mm-hmm. to tell um, how much longer we need to watch that injury post-healing. Hmm. I'm talking to Dr. Natasha Trentacosta, someone Cedar sinai is so proud of. She's a pediatric orthopedic surgeon. 
and kids are not young adults. You really need a whole separate specialty to treat them differently. Natasha, I'm so old that when I was training, <laughs> they beat us over the head that whenever you're taking care of a kid, someone's still growing, make sure you take an x-ray of the other side. If it's their elbow that hurts, on the right side, you better get an x-ray of the side that doesn't hurt because the subtleties that you may think are a fracture actually is just normal for this kid. Now in the world of MRIs at your uh, convenience that maybe we didn't have in the 80s and 90s, do you just go right to an MRI or do you find it still helpful to take an x-ray of the other the other joint that's normal? It's a good question. Uh, it's still very helpful. Um, I use it in the office, and I know um, a lot of uh, urgent care and pediatricians will use it in the office as well. It really does, especially, you know, when we're talking about joints like the elbow, where you have a lot of these small growth plates or apophyses in that elbow that I think people who are used to seeing a fully mature elbow, you know, will we'll assume that this is a fracture. It helps to compare. You can see differences um, in, in in the size of what looks like that growth plate to see if something moved in that injured elbow. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's quicker, you know, they're in the office, you're able to get it, you know, uh, relatively, you know, inexpensive, um, uh, you know, and, and treat them right away. As opposed to the MRI, that, that can often take longer waiting for approvals and, um, and getting that scheduled. And it's a longer study. Got it. All right. I want to definitely get into something that you're really passionate about that's in your wheelhouse, which is the difference between boys versus girls, women and in injuries as well as pediatrics, and uniquely to that will be the ACL. I really want to go into a little bit more detail with you for that, and if it's okay with you, can you hang on the line? I just want to do another segment with you. No problem. Okay, great. We'll pay some bills. Coming up next, we're going to get into when a kid tears their ACL, and why do more girls have ACL injuries than boys? We got an expert, Dr. Trent Acosta, coming up next on the Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN.